This is Southern New Hampshire's home for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. That was a big turnover that uh, took points off the board for them in the scoring area and put us at um, midfield or however far we ran it back to, and then we ended up scoring on that, so uh, that was a big play for them. One of those early finishes, third and three. Simeon is intercepted, and look out. It's a race. Simeon has an angle on Ryan. Uh, he's brought down eventually, though, by Demarius Thomas. We kind of knew that going in. You know, it's a good football team. Uh, they got a lot of good players on, you know, on that defense and uh, in their offense. So, um, you know, going into it, it's always going to be a four-quarter thing for us, and we got to just play well on all sides of the ball. And uh, you know, for you know, I thought we did that today. It was a grind, but you know, we grinded it out and got the win. That's Blunt, and he's got his 15th rushing touchdown of the season. Just to me, it's just a big team win here on the road in December against a really good team and a tough place to play. Uh, you know, so that's what this means to me. The hat's cool and everything, but this was a great team win. And, uh, you know, we've got more work to do. Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards. A little Metallica. Here comes revenge. It was delivered in full force yesterday in Denver at Sports Authority Field a mile high as the New England Patriots beat the Donkeys 16-3. And on to talk about that win with us now is our man John Serenades of XNOJoe.com. I'll tell you, John, I mean, uh, that was a textbook-type win on all facets, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I didn't think that they played particularly well on offense, but I think their game plan going in was to run the football, utilize the three-step passing game, play-action passing game, and try to create matchups with their backs and their slot receivers. And I think they did that. But they, they dominated defensively. And part of it is Denver's putrid on offense. But I thought they played really well on defense. And to your point, Jimmy, I thought they played well across the board in all three phases. It was it was a, an emphatic win for them, something that they needed, given that they needed to exercise some of the demons that they have out there. It was nice to see them beat this team and, and probably put them away for the season. It's going to be tough for Denver now to make the playoffs after losing that game. For sure. And, you know, I think you look at that, you're right. I mean, it wasn't particularly the best game on offense, but... You know what? I mean, if you notice something, wins in the playoffs usually aren't pretty. They're usually not going to be fun to watch, fun to play in, but you get the win. And they went into a hostile environment there, uh, like you said, a place where they had plenty of demons, where Tom Brady, 
you know, had had plenty of demons, and he had not had success there at all. He wasn't exactly great yesterday, but when it was needed, he got the job done, and I think you brought up a great point there. The running game, to me, was the difference because you look back at those games last year in Denver, and that was the problem. They had no running game there. Brady led the team in rushing, for crying out loud. And now to have that running game and and, and just sort of throw that monkey wrench into it, I, I mean, they had the, they had – the Denver defense on their heels a lot last night or yesterday, and you can't say that a lot about the Denver defense because that's their strong point. And I, I saw that defense did not look like they had that attitude they usually have. They they looked baffled out there. Well, I thought Josh McDaniels did a really nice job with mixing and matching his personnel groupings and formations and trying to create matchups with the pieces that he has at his disposal. Look, when you lose a guy like Rob Gronkowski, you lose a big chess piece, the guy that can generate matchups against linebackers and safeties in the middle of the field. They don't have that anymore. And one of the things that they did in the second quarter that I liked is they were struggling offensively in the first quarter. They had some three and outs. They couldn't really consistently move the football. So what McDaniels did is, is he got into some empty sets, and he started motioning a little bit. He started to create those one-on-one matchups, and he started getting guys in space. And that's when they were able to get on a drive. That's when they scored first, and they took the lead. So, to me, I think that what impressed me the most yesterday was not only the way they ran the football, to your point, at times in that game, but they did a nice job when, when, when it was tough sledding there, when they couldn't really get anything going consistently of doing some different things, changing up what they were doing, and, and creating those one-on-one matchups that you can get against a defense like this. Because, look, here's the thing with Wade Phillips. If you sit in your base formations and you just run your stuff against Denver, he can get into that 3-4, he can match up, and with that secondary, he can rush three and drop eight, or he can bring six and drop five. He can do a lot of different things. But when you start to give him some different looks and you get him as a coordinator out of his comfort zone, now you can get into a rhythm on offense. And I thought McDaniels did that yesterday. They did a nice job right before the half there yesterday of getting that touchdown and, and putting themselves in a the position now where they can control the, the, the play and carry the game the rest of the way. I thought that was huge. Now, another thing, too, that we, we've since it's really come to uh, realization here publicly, but that team, like I said, they – Denver does not look as organized as they used to. And they they clearly, within the team, within the dress room now, as we're finding out, uh, there were some issues after the game where uh, the defense didn't want the offense to address because they, they said the offense isn't uh, picking up the slack and the defense is doing the job out there. And then, of course, today we see this moron, Emmanuel Sanders, take to Twitter and, and, and say that Malcolm Butler didn't cover him well. And that it, you're, he said, come on. That's child's play, and he, I can have a two-year-old cover him better than me. What the heck is going on with them? Well, they've got a lot of loose cannons on that roster. And, and look, winning hides a lot of teams' flaws, especially character flaws. When you win, your character problems don't come to light as much, okay? They, they, they don't become public. But you've got a lot of guys on that team that are Mima Donna, selfish guys, that make it about them, that constantly want the spotlight on them, whether it be an Emmanuel Sanders, a T.J. Ward, a Vaughn Miller. These are guys that are selfish football players. And again, when you're winning division titles and you're winning playoff games and Super Bowls, it's okay. It's acceptable. You, you, They're quirky. You allow them to be themselves. But when you lose and that other side of them comes out, 
then you start to see why maybe some of these guys, particularly a guy like T.J. Ward or even a guy like Nikita Tlaib, they've kind of been vagabonds in this league. They haven't been guys that, that have built relationships. They're not well-liked, well-respected guys around the league. And, and you start to see that other side of them come out. Look, the reality is Emmanuel Sanders could sit there and flap his gums on Twitter all he wants. He could do his best impression of Donald Trump. The fact of the matter is this. They scored three points on offense yesterday. They've been putrid on offense for over a month now. They're not very good on offense. Let's just call it for what it is. They suck offensively. So the reality is he could sit there and bash Malcolm Butler all he wants. It doesn't change the fact that this team cannot put drives together consistently. They cannot score points, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So he could sit there and say whatever he wants. They can make all the excuses they want. The reality is, at 8-6, and six, they are what they are. And what they are is not a very good football team right now. Yeah, it's true. Hey, listen, uh, we haven't got your take yet since uh, we last spoke to you. The Patriots went out and uh, claimed Michael Floyd off waivers there. Uh, obviously, with Floyd getting a driving under the influence charge and being let go by Arizona and the Patriots picking up, the Patriots have taken some criticism over this, uh, saying that, you know, they're, they're turning a blind eye to drinking and driving, what have you, and... Uh, I just find it hilarious um, that this criticism comes from places like Dallas um, or, you know, other places in the league where they don't have no problem turning a blind eye to, say, murder or, uh, you know, domestic abuse. Uh, but when it's the Patriots doing this, they're going to criticize them. What's your take on that? I think it's ridiculous. If anybody in Dallas does a peep about anything that anyone else is doing around the league, I think it's a total <laughs> joke. This is the same organization that signed Greg Hardy last year. So once you do that, your credibility goes down the crapper as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Jerry Jones is the last person who should be talking or anyone affiliated with that organization. Look, they took a flyer on the guy, Jimmy, and it's okay to do because the reason he was arrested is he refused a breathalyzer. Yeah. Okay? We don't really have all the facts here, and I'm not making excuses for him or the Patriots. I'm just speaking the truth. There's nothing wrong with taking a flyer on the guy. You lose Rob Gronkowski. You're thin at the position. You go out and you have a chance now to get a 6'3 guy that can be an impact guy in your vertical pass game in the red zone. Why not take a chance on him? You bring him in. You see what he's got now during the playoffs, and then you don't re-sign him in the offseason. You let him walk, and whoever signs him deals with that problem then. It's not like they're going to bring him back. So I don't have an issue with them signing him. I think it's a smart move. I think it's a good move. And you know what? Shame on these other teams that are in the mix, that are contending, that didn't make a run at them. They should have. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, listen, John, uh, you look ahead now. They've got the Jets on Saturday, Christmas Eve Day, and then the Dolphins to finish it out on New Year's Day. Um, There's going to be talk, you know it, throughout this week from some who say, sit Brady, sit the starters, and, you know, you clinched your bye. But I'm still of the belief none of this happens until they clinch that top seed. What's your take? I couldn't agree with you more. You do not want to end up in the same situation you were last year. I think we can all agree on one thing around here. Had they won those last three games last year and secured that number one seed, if Denver has to come here in the AFC Championship game, they don't beat the Patriots. I think half the battle was going out there and playing them out there. You don't want to end up in that same boat this year. The road to, to Houston in the AFC is a much tougher road for the rest of the conference if they have to come here. They have to get that number one seed. I don't even think it's a question. You play your starters on Saturday. You play your starters on New Year's Day against Miami. I I don't even think it's a question. Play your guy. You have to lock up that number one seed. Now, if they win on Saturday, and let's say hypothetically Oakland loses this weekend, 
and, and now they secure the number one seed going into Miami, then it's a different story. Now you can sit some guys because you've secured that number one seed. But I couldn't agree with you more. They need to be the number one seed. Number two seed, nothing's guaranteed. If you have to go out to Oakland, sure, they'd probably be the favorites in that game, but you never know what can happen. Stay home for the playoffs, and the next time you get on a plane after you get home from Miami is Houston. Get the number one seed. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Listen, John, I know you're a busy man. We'll let you go. We appreciate you taking the time here on the stretch run. And uh, you have a wonderful Christmas, you and your family, and uh, we will talk to you soon. You too, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. John Serenades of XNOJoe.com. Man, he's good at breaking it down. I love having him on the show here on the stretch so run. coach. He breaks it down. Ah, he he's absolutely great. breaks it he's down. So, he's so natural, coach, there. I love it. I love listening to him break down the football here. And another guy that does a good job breaking down all the games with us is Cole Wright of NFL Network. He'll join us next. We'll bounce around the league, discuss some of the other action that happened over the weekend. So stay with us. The Stretch Run will be back. Jimmy Murphy, weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Come experience all the joys of living at Bedford Green. Only steps from the Merrimack River and Heritage Walking Trails, the Bedford Green offers some of the largest floor plans in the area with a convenient location only minutes from Manchester. Bedford Green is the town's newest luxury living address featuring granite counters, stainless steel appliances, natural light and spacious layouts, and offers easy accessibility to restaurants, shopping, and all the major highways. Visit bedfordgreennh.com. 
There's no better place to watch football than Buffalo Wild Wings. Monday night, Thursday night, or all day Sunday, visit your local Buffalo Wild Wings at 8 Loudon Road in Concord or inside the Mall of New Hampshire in Manchester for the best football watching experience. While you're there, grab a Bud or Bud Light Hall Draft for only $3.49 or a Goose Island IPA for $4.99 all December long. Join the fun for Bud Light Wednesday night trivia at Buffalo Wild Wings where you can test your knowledge and win great prizes like ski tickets. Buffalo Wild Wings in Concord and Manchester. Wings, beer, sports. The Sports Blast, Saturday afternoons from 11 to 2, right here on ESPN, New Hampshire. Well, okay, mister, I don't want Chris Sale because I don't want to give up you on Mankata. Oh! Uh, that was before I saw Mankata in person, and he struck out every single game of his career. Happy holidays. You didn't want to give up you on Mankata. I went back. You know, we're always saying we're going to pull the tape. We're going to pull the tape. I pulled the tape, and both of you guys did not want to give up you Play on the Mankata. audio, Brian. We don't actually we don't have it. Yeah, oh, we did. We... <laughs> the Sports Blast, Saturday afternoons from 11 to 2, right here on ESPN, New Hampshire. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is the place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now is a brand-new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand-new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Imagine this. Your 14-year-old daughter and her best friends are maybe getting ready to go out. They're maybe upstairs in her bedroom with music playing. They're laughing, maybe trying on clothes, putting on too much makeup, and maybe taking sips of vodka straight out of the bottle, which they might tuck into someone's purse to take to a party. Imagine your kid doing that. It may be hard to imagine, but it is happening. New Hampshire has a big alcohol abuse problem. In fact, New Hampshire ranks second in the nation for binge drinking among 12 to 20-year-olds. Second, you can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org and help the Partnership for a Drug-Free New Hampshire start the conversation today. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. When I think of my youth, I remember a stage of life that's vibrant and full of possibility. The same is true for our forests. A young forest is a light-filled place rich with quickly growing trees, shrubs, wildflowers, and other plants. It may look unruly, but it provides food and shelter for a wide variety of creatures, many of whose numbers have declined in recent decades. In the past, wildfires and flooding created this young forest habitat by creating openings for fresh new growth. Today, we have largely controlled those natural processes. The responsibility now falls on us to make enough new young forests so wildlife can thrive. Timber harvests, prescribed fires, and mowing can renew middle-aged woods, making them younger and more vital. Do your part by supporting young forest projects on public and private land. Become a well-informed wildlife advocate. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. 
Did you know that there are medical grants available for families struggling with child health-related expenses? The United Healthcare Children's Foundation is currently seeking grant applications from families in need of financial assistance to help pay for their child's health care treatments, services, or equipment not covered or not fully covered by their commercial health insurance plan. Parents and legal guardians may apply for grants up to $5,000 at www.uhccf.org. This has been a public service message from the United Healthcare Children's Foundation. Follow us on Instagram at ESPNNH. This next one is the first song on our new album. I'm going to take them to the Supreme Court, and we're going to get the Salvation Army a lot of notice here. On warm-ups, I saw it sitting there right by the end zone. I was like, man, somebody got to jump in there, you know. <laughs> so I just had to do it. Welcome back to Stretch Run. Jimmy James Murphy here. And Justin Salt. Cranking a little B-Boys for you on a Monday. Taking you down the Stretch Run of your day and on to talk some football with us now. There's our man Cole Wright, a fellow Beastie Boys fan. Mr. Wright, how are you? I'm doing excellent. How about you on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing not too shabby, my friend. What a day of football yesterday. Uh, we heard the uh, Salvation Army clip there, and uh, the NFL finally makes the right move. and it, it does not fine Ezekiel Elliott for that. Uh, but let's talk about that game right now, Cole. And, you know, I, I kind of turned it off. I was bouncing back and forth between that and a, and a hockey game I was watching, Sharks and Blackhawks. And um, I'm like, Cowboys got this in cruise control. And I come back, and I'm like, whoa. Hey, um, the Buccaneers, if you could argue, if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot with some boneheaded penalties and Jameis Winston didn't revert back to his college self, they might have won that game. 
Yeah, you know, that was a, a tough fought game. And I think that that really tells you what kind of quarterback that, that Dak Prescott is and, and what kind of team the Dallas Cowboys have. Because you, know, you talk about, you know, Jameis shooting himself in the foot. You know, he did that. But the Cowboys did what they needed to do to hold on and win a tough exactly. fought battle. And I think that's why that's why Jason Garrett right now is, is singing the praises of Dak Prescott, pretty much saying that, you know, he, he's checked off every box. And this guy is a rookie, but he's certainly playing like a veteran well beyond his years right now. And this Dallas Cowboys team, man, like just when you think, oh, okay, they're good, but, yeah, they're not that good. I mean, you're as good as the last time you are on the field. Yeah. And the last time they were on the field, they won. Exactly. And another thing about Dak Prescott, you know, he said, I was watching on NFL Network earlier today, he said, he wanted to get out there and just forget about the week he had against the Giants. You know, and that's the kind of player he is, man. He wants to do bigger, better things every time he's on the field. And I don't think he gets clouded by like social media and, and all the small things that, that some some, you know, athletes and, and just people in general get clouded by. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think obviously there was some stuff to be clouded by. There was potential for that with some in the media and some fans clamoring for Tony Romo heading into that game, which I thought was disgusting and senseless. I, I just, guys, look where you are and look at what this kid has done. Look at the overall picture. Look at the big picture. Don't don't just have that knee-jerk reaction every time, you know, there's a loss. And um, I'm with you, man. I mean, the, the, the kid has shown an ability to bounce back twice. Yeah. And he's, he plays a smart game. And, you know, you look, like you said, look at Winston and look at him. And, and no, no offense to Winston, I, I think he's on his way. He's going to be a superstar. But he has some growing up to do, whereas you look at Dak Prescott, and like you said, he's mature like a veteran out there. And that is going to help them a lot in the playoffs because the pressure gets so much more. And and that's that's when you start to really see the true colors of a player, right? Exactly, without a doubt. And I, I think that, you know, it's it, – it's, as outrageous as it is to say and as oxymoronic as it may seem, you know, Dak Prescott getting that DUI may have been the best thing for him, mm-hmm. albeit something terrible. You know, you don't ever want anyone to get that because you don't want anyone to get behind the wheel of an automobile, you know, after, you know, after having a few, few drinks. But the thing about it is he slipped in the draft. He went to the Dallas Cowboys. And now look at what that's allowed him to be. Look at how that's allowed him to play. And, you know, that offensive line combined with Zeke Elliott, you know, you got Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, Des Bryant, you know, it, it's it's just a, a, a perfect storm right now. And I think, like I said, out of the NFC, if they, if they can lock up that, that number one seed, you know, with their, their next win, you know, they're going to be a tough, a, a tough nut to crack, you know, come playoff time. I'd agree. And another team that, uh, you know, we've been keeping an eye on ever since you said it, watch out for them in the second half, is the New York Giants. And they – that yeah. was a gritty, much like the Patriots game. It wasn't pretty. It was an ugly late December, you know, battling in the cold and and just one of those wins, one of those gritty wins, one of those ugly wins. But it doesn't matter if it's ugly or pretty. It matters that you get the W. And they got a W against an upstart Detroit team there that, you know, really was riding a lot of momentum coming into that game. Um, and in coming off on the Giants' side, coming off that big win against Dallas, you could have seen maybe a little letdown there, but we didn't. They battled through. They get that win, and they are 10-4 and four now as they head into the final two weeks of the season, Cole. I'm telling you, a lot of people sit around and, and they look and like, how, how is this Giants team 10-4? and four? Defense. You know, and that's, that, that's one of the big question marks, but they are. And it, it's, 
like I, like I said, you know, it's it's what you did the last time you were on the field. And look at this Giants team, man. Like they spent a lot of money on that defense and, and trying to to bolster their defensive attack. Two hundred million dollars in the off season that they, they they shucked out, and it's it's been working to their advantage because you see guys on on that squad who are getting after it on the defensive side of the ball. And you know they say as cliche as it is, defense wins championships, and we know that's true. And if, if you have a, a, a defensive unit that's peaking at just the right time, which is late December, early January, good things can happen. We've seen it happen with the Giants before. You know, sorry to conjure up any old memories there for all the New England fans, but man, we, we know what this Giants team can do, especially with, with, with Eli Manning, you know, under center. I mean, he's a guy we know with two Super Bowl rings who he just knows how to win. It's just, it's embedded in his DNA. So another team you got to watch out for the Cowboys will be there. And if the giants are there as well, which is what it looks to be, they're going to make tons of noise. Yeah. And and you know, it's interesting. You you say, sorry to conjure that up for Patriots fans, but I wonder, you know, you never look too far ahead and I'm sure the team isn't doing that, but I wonder if there are some Patriots fans keeping a, a little eye on that giants team right now and saying, Hmm, could it be, could, could we see them again? And, that would be a very well, interesting matchup, true. man. That could I be mean, a very interesting matchup because that's a that's a different defense than the. I mean, look, the Patriots went in and they faced one of the toughest defenses around in Denver yesterday, and and they took care of them. But that Giants defense is one of these defenses nobody talks about. You're one of the few I hear talk about them, Cole. But they're very dynamic, and they could pose some problems for that Patriots offense. Absolutely, and I mean, I I think I want to pose the question to you as as a Patriots fan are are you are you worried if that would be the team? Do, of course, that, would I that am. team put any fright in you? Are you, are you like, yeah, man? You know, I sure would have rather seen somebody else. Yeah, I'm all set with revenge, man. That's fine. <laughs> you can take. Okay. I, I I'd rather a Super Bowl <laughs> championship. You could have, you could have your revenge. You know what? The Giants won. Big deal. Move on. Yeah, I don't okay, know. I, I don't think you. I don't think yeah. a lot of people would want to face the Giants in, in here in New England. But I want nothing to do with the Giants. Yeah, nothing to do with them. Man. Yeah, you know. But like you said, though, Murph, it's that defense. Like that defense, it's all about matchups. Especially, yeah. especially when you're playing in in the elements, it's all about those matchups. And if if certain guys on defense can lock down certain guys on offense, especially if it's a, if it's a Giants, you know, versus a Patriots game, that 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 wouldn't be in any inclement conditions this year, at least. But it's all about those matchups, yeah. and I think that you don't want to see a team like that that's peaking at that right time. Yep. And you know, we, we've seen it with the Giants and the Patriots before. So, you know, not not to say that history is always going to repeat itself, but it has before. And I, like you said, I don't think I don't think too many Patriots fans want to see that happen again because, like you said, they're all set on revenge. Let, I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and win against somebody else. Bring on the Cowboys. Exactly. <laughs> Bring on anyone but the Giants. But I let's look at that Patriots game yesterday and that win and. Um, you know, it wasn't pretty, like I said, many times during the show, but I think if you're a Bill Belichick and you saw the grin on his face, that was like a coach's dream type game to me. It was like, you know what, man, just keep it simple. Go out and do this. I, I don't need the flashy plays. I don't need a long bomb or anything. I just, just go out there and win, do what you got to do to win. And that's exactly what they yeah. did. And it's a good sign when a team specifically the defense that's been much maligned throughout this season can come together like that at this time in the season, Cole. And, you know, don't we talk about the Giants defense right now. Don't look now, but the Patriots defense is playing some really good ball. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that 
the Denver defense played a really good game. Yeah. And, you know, they, I heard there was some, some rumblings in, in, the, uh, in, in the Denver locker room afterwards, you know, you know we hold the team to, to, to that, and this is all – and we can't win a ball game. Like, you know, we need to get it going. And I think that that speaks volumes, and it shows what, you know, what kind of team that New England is right now. I mean, because the Denver defense is solid. But like we talked about earlier, you know, when you look at Denver, they're a defensive-driven team. Their defense is li- almost light years ahead of their offense. Their, their run game kind of suspect. The quarterback play, they're not 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 terrible you know, numbers-wise. Probably better overall than last year. But it's just it just doesn't seem to, to have that kind of punch, that pop that they would they would want to get their offense going. But it it, it just the offense. It, it, there's too many you know short series and you know. And, and quick drives that really don't materialize in anything, which puts the defense right back out there. And as good as this defense is for Denver, if they're tired, it's it's tough to play. And things are going to happen for the other team's offense when you're, when you're facing a whole bunch of tired cats on on, on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> for sure. I think that's where Denver's headed because it's looking like you know they're going to be home once the postseason starts. And it just all depends. These these, these next two games for everybody are going to be all important. But you know, that, that Patriot team, man, I, I think they're they're, they're ready. And you know, to go on the road like that and, and win and be undefeated on the road this season, come on now, that's 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 that speaks volumes as well. That's yeah, Brady. You know, it's we... almost it's almost too bad that they they can't play uh, at least a game on on the road in the postseason. But <laughs> just just one of the uh, the pitfalls of home field advantage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they could take them up to like uh, Harvard Stadium or something in Cambridge. How's that sound? Yeah, exactly. You're technically, you're on they're the road. Pretty Actually, yeah, that would be awesome. Actually, man, they're actually thinking. I think yeah. last they, when they were, you know, of course they settled on Gillette because of the, the amount of fans they can put in there. But I think when they were originally thinking about doing that outdoor game in um, Boston that they did last year, the Winter Classic, that was mentioned. They were looking into Harvard Stadium, man. That would have been kind of a real throwback. That's a sweet stadium, man. Oh yeah, that's a sweet stadium. It's really cool. Hey, listen, uh, yeah. before we let you go, I mean, what can you say about the Tennessee Titans, Cole? Wow. Hey, I'm. I called that win, man. You I did? called that win on Friday on Fantasy Live on NFL Network, and uh, I know. you know, I, I said that I like these Tennessee Titans, man. I like them a lot. I like the way they're playing. I like Marcus Mariota is a baller. Like, let's not get it confused by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and they're running the ball, and Derrick Henry's getting in the mix now too. He had two touchdowns yesterday. I- it's crazy. I mean, he's man. pretty much on everybody's fantasy bench all season long because I know he was on mine. Yeah, and I'm just playing for for you know a consolatory championship. Uh, oh, finishing the bottom bracket. Yeah, so that's all right. Oh. All right. Let I'll me actually. Okay. I'm I'm going to get your call, Cole. You can make the NFL Network prediction here for my uh, my fantasy champ. Well, it's a semifinals, and I'm I'm going up against the top team. And okay. tonight I have James Stewart going, and the other team has Pierre Garçon. And I'm down by five points. You think I can do it? I don't. I don't think so. Oh man, Garcon's playing good now. All of a sudden, so, he's like revitalized, isn't he? And what? Yeah. Do, what? What does Stewart have to play for anymore? Right? Ah, that's what I'm worried about. Exactly. You sound. Yeah, I love when you say Pierre Garcon's last name. You say it like extra Montreali. Yeah, they they rubbed <laughs> off of me, my man. They ru- just like <laughs> all that. It's just like all that poutine did on my gut. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know how that would sit with me. Nope. With French fries and cheese curds oh, and gravy? It's eh. cool. It's the best hangover thing ever. It, like, you have that. Oh, the next, man. It's unreal. It's so good. I'm, the next time you're in Boston, oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you that somehow. 
right, I'll take your word for it. We'll, we'll go to uh, McGreevy's. And then you're gonna you're gonna have to take me to the gym with you after, all right? There we go. Okay. Get, no get this little Irishman in shape. <laughs> we, hey, might, co- we might have to go first to the gym first, and then, <laughs> and then maybe after too. And then McGreevy's. That sounds good. Exactly. Hey, listen, buddy. We enjoy you as always. Uh, we don't have a show Friday, so we won't talk to you until next week. But uh, you and yours have a merry, merry Christmas, my friend. Enjoy it. All right. Absolutely. Likewise, Murph. You and all yours the same, man. All right. Well. That is Cole Wright joining us from the NFL Network here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Always a pleasure talking to Cole. Uh, we're going to talk some Celtics in our next segment. The Celtics, who they played a little better lately. Go down to Atlanta. You got to get Thomas back. Yeah, they're not bad. Not bad. Not bad. So we'll talk to Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston about the Celtics in the next segment here on the Stretch Run. Stay with us. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy right here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Remillard with November's Male Student Athlete of the Month, Jaruk Hassan from Bedford High School. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience as a senior? This year as a senior has been very crazy football-wise, like winning in an OT versus Merrimack. What schools are you looking at? I'm looking at Northeastern, St. Lawrence. It's a lot of good educational schools in New England. What are you looking to major in? I'm looking to go into pre-med. How excited are you about D1 Football State Champions? Congratulations. Thank you so much. Our whole team is definitely very excited. It's the first one in DHS history for football to actually come out with a win this year. It's incredible. And definitely to be a captain of that team and finally put that banner up. Tell me a little bit about your volunteer work. During the summer, I was a volunteer at the LA Hawks. I did a lot of volunteer with the National TV, so like HRT, FBI, part of the National Honor Society goal. So there's a lot of volunteer work that I have to do with them. I volunteer for blood drives. And I actually put on a dodgeball tournament last year for the Children's Miracle Network. We donated like around $1,000. What is inspires you to participate in all this volunteer work? I know a lot of people need our help, though. I just try to get back, try and do my part and just volunteer my time. Is there anything else that you can really say that you got out of going to school in Bedford? Privilege to play sports here. It's amazing because all the coaches, they really care about you. Coach thinks like, I look at him like as my best friend, but like, when it's time to you know put on the pad, then he's definitely there to coach you up, too. So the teachers are amazing. They really care about you. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. 
map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown. Playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit DisneyOnIce.com today. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings it back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. The year-end holiday event going on now at North End Mazda in Lunenburg. From now until January 3rd, get 0% financing for 63 months on all 2016 Mazda vehicles in stock. Make no payments until March and get a $250 gift card just in time for the holidays. Like the new 2016 Mazda 3i, the new 2016 Mazda 6i, or the new 2016 Mazda CX-5. Over 350 vehicles in stock. You're one click away from great holiday savings at BuyNorthEndMazda.com. See dealer or go to BuyNorthEndMazda.com for details. Offer ends January 3rd. Football returns this fall with Thursday night, Monday night, and Sunday night football right here on 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for the NFL. It's great. I mean, you know, he's our point guard, uh, our anchor, and he gives us a lot of stability, our group. So, uh, you know, I'm just happy to have him back. Scrappy game um, going into it. I know Isaiah's not a dirty player. Didn't try to hurt him. I'm just happy he's okay and not doesn't have a broken nose or anything. Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Well, we we made a promise many weeks ago to Chris Forsberg of ESPN Boston that we would keep throwing '80s tunes at him, rare '80s tunes. So there you go, Chris. How you doing, my friend? That was the deepest of the cuts so far. Oh yeah. I was, see, I was actually wondering coming in if you'd throw like "Last Christmas" at me or like some '80s. Uh, you know, do they know it's Christmas? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you went. You went deeper. I went electric boogaloo on you, man. A little, a little, a little Rufus and Shaka Khan from Electric Boogaloo Breaking Part Two. Here you go. 
That is and that I, is throwback. And and if you need to like to go watch a movie, like oh yeah, it's a classic. Number two, especially. Yeah, number two is one of them, man. I mean, I I watched that movie. I'm pulling out the cardboard box and cutting it up and <laughs> and spinning on my kitchen floor. That's what I do. Yeah, I don't do mess it. around. I don't mess around. You know, I, I you know I'd like to see Isaiah Thomas and uh, and Avery Bradley do something <laughs> like that. You know, during a break, just uh, pull it out and start break dancing. I mean, uh, after all, they're, they're they're figuring out who's going to shoot free throws uh, <laughs> by, by by playing rock paper scissors. What was up with that, my man? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like in this day and age, and 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 sometimes I sit there and I feel like guilty writing these stories. But when you're talking to your friends, and the first thing you're going to mention from the night before game, it's probably going to be that the Celtics got caught playing rock, paper, scissors to determine who would shoot a technical free throw. And, like, listen, that's a good sign. That means they, they had the game in hand, they did their job, and things had deteriorated to the point where they could have a little fun on the sideline. And so uh, uh, Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley sat there and, and, and shot to see who would uh, shoot a free throw because Isaiah is typically the guy who goes to the line, but he had been ejected for uh, the flagrant two elbow that caught Justice Winslow. And uh, so uh, Jay won that battle, and they go to the line and miss the free throw. So what are you going to do? <laughs> but at least he won that, right? Yeah, you know, hey, you know, one and one the last <laughs> night. Won, the, won, the, won the, the right to go to the line, and now I'm sure Avery will never let him forget when they're uh, deciding how exactly they're going to do it. Now, the funny part is the Celtics had an off-day practice in Miami today. Uh, you know, the reporter reporters down there asked Brad. And Brad, man, and now Brad's, you know, very kind of, very serious most Straight of the time. Straight and narrow, yeah. Yeah, great sense of humor, like, when you get him away from the basketball stuff. And uh, so but they brought up the rock, paper, scissors thing because it's sort of taken on its own life. And Brad managed to keep a straight face for, like, 30 seconds while explaining. He's like, you know, when we come into the huddle and we're trying to decide who we're going to drop a late-game play for, I'll leave the huddle. The players will they'll go through their rock, paper, scissors, and they'll, we we got to bracket it out so that there's a tournament. And with one minute on the clock, we decide who's going to get that shot because they won the, the tournament. I mean, like, you know, at least they're having fun with it. It's better than talking about how they lost another heartbreaker. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's talk about that having fun, though, and at least to me, after everything this team's been through, the ups, the downs, the injuries, the who the heck are they, they're not living up to expectations and trying to get in sync and, and everything – I think that's a good sign. That shows there's at least chemistry there. There's at least camaraderie. And that could be big as they get into the dog days of the season here. You agree? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the one thing that we that we sort of thought would give this team an advantage is the fact that they brought back the core, that these guys have really been together now since the, since the February 2015, which doesn't sound like a long time, but that's you know the end of one season, another full season, and now the start of this one. Um, and, and, and sort of the ability to build off that. You know, they know what they are, and they know who they are, and, and it, it, it's not like you got to kind of figure that stuff out. You're bringing Al Horford, and he's like the most accommodating superstar possible. He's happy to defer to Isaiah in terms of the, of the alpha dog and the guy in the spotlight, uh, and it's all worked out really well. I guess it's been more surprising to see that it hasn't translated on the court. And just like you said, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at the end of last week, and we're in San Antonio, and they lose there. And now they lost what amounted to three heartbreakers in an eight-day span. Um, you know, three good teams they had the chance to beat on the road: Houston, Oklahoma City, and San Antonio. And all three games got away. And you're starting to think, okay, what do we got in, in, in this team? You know, they come back home, they they get a win over a decent Charlotte team. They go back on the road 
and, and they win down there in Miami. And you don't want to, like, ride the emotional roller coaster, but you sort of look at this team and you say, you know, all of a sudden they're back to number three in the East. They've got a little bit of, a, of some good vibes going now. Uh, and it's kind of easy to, to, to sort of take a step back from the ledge and say, you know, if, if this sort of starts to snowball, when they're healthy, they've looked very good. And if they can stay healthy, I'm interested to see where it can take. Yeah, and it's interesting. They're off to Memphis for the next game. Um, but, you know, looking a bit ahead, uh, they are going to be playing uh, one of these series of NBA games on Christmas Day there. They'll take the first one there at noon against the Knicks. When you looked at the schedule to start the season, I don't know about you, Chris, but I didn't really think that this was going to be a huge game, so to speak. I figured the Celtics would be well ahead of the Knicks at this point. And now you look at the standings, and I mean, obviously the NBA and ABC and ESPN are all psyched for this because now it does hold so much meaning. Um, Just talk about that, like how that has become such a big game, and could this help maybe get the rivalry going between these two teams again when they're neck and neck in the standings? Yeah, you know, I I think every time the Celtics and Knicks play, we kind of hope that both teams will figure out a way to get back on the upswing. And, you know, both have had sort of an uneven start here. Uh, You look at at the Knicks and you say they've they've cobbled together their own little curious, not-so-super team, you know, but they got Derrick Rose. You know, you already had Carmelo, and Porzingis is is obviously the most talented guy and going to be a superstar down the road. And uh, if they could ever figure out how to get that thing to work, uh, it's a really fascinating team, and a team that should be better than maybe their record indicates right now. But, you know, like, like the Celtics, they're sort of right there in the middle of the pack in the East, and it's time for someone to distinguish themselves. And so that'll be the big storyline, I think, on Christmas is here's two teams that, you know, want to establish themselves as true contenders in the East. They've both shown glimpses that they can be that sort of team, but they've also shown both shown glimpses of, of being sort of like the same old uh, middle-of-the-pack, first-round exit-type teams uh, that they've been in recent years. So uh, it'll be fun to see on the big stage what, what, like how, uh, how both sides step forward and step up. And uh, I think if you're a Celtics fan, it's a good sign that your team is back on Christmas because, you know, again, there's only 10 teams the NBA is, is picking to, to be on this big stage. And you're obviously going to have teams like New York and Chicago and, and L.A. that get it every year in part because they're, they're big markets and uh, it, it's nice that the Celtics have, uh, for the first time in the Brad Stevens era, muscled their way back onto that schedule. It's, a, it's, a, it's an encouraging sign that the NBA thinks this team is moving in the right direction mm-hmm. and is going to be back to being one of those intriguing teams. For sure. And, and quickly before we let you go, how do the players react to having to play on Christmas Day? Has anyone complained about it? Have you noticed any gripe about it? You know, I mean, as a reporter, I, like I grumble. Like, right. I mean, I've got two young girls, and, and it's it, it's tough. I know, like, there's players with young kids. Isaiah Thomas has two little boys. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult to explain to them why you know Santa Claus has to come to to New York and why they wake up in a hotel room. <laughs> uh, but, but that being said, you know, I, 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 I it, they make a lot of money, and I think they understand that. Again, there's a balance. As much as it throws your holiday into uh, a little bit of tilt, uh, it's pretty cool that you're on one of the NBA's biggest stage. And I think they're kind of embracing that. Now, it's been a long month. The Celtics have been on the road for what well, seems like forever. And we've been back and forth from the East Coast. To, to, I mean, we were in Texas three times, I feel like, uh, Oklahoma City, and down to Florida twice. It's, it's been a month. <laughs> and uh, I think guys are 
are eager to sort of settle in. January and February sort of uh, evens up, and it must be the, the Bruins must go on the road a bit more because uh, it feels like the Celtics have the Garden locked down for, for most of the early part of the calendar year. Uh, but again, I, I, like I've ne- I have not heard anyone grumble. I feel like uh, this is the day that you kind of want to be playing. And now I, I think if, if next year the Celtics get the 8 o'clock game in Golden State or the you know 5 o'clock game in, in, in L.A., yeah. you know, maybe, maybe that'll make it even more intriguing to be on Christmas instead of, uh, instead of just being the early game. Uh, a couple hours from home. I hear you. And, we, you know, before you, you talk about, you know, how it's going to be tough to explain it to the kids there, I'll tell you quickly. So yesterday I go to take uh, my little one, Maddie, five years old, to uh, Enchanted Village. Have you been down to that in Jordan's Furniture in uh, Avon, Mass? I haven't been yet, but I've heard great things. Yeah, well, uh, no, don't even bother. It, no, okay, really? So we get there around noon, and okay, I go up to get the tickets, right, and right. the lady says, uh, yeah, I go, what's the wait? She goes, Oh, let's just say you'll be here forever. Uh, it's about five and a half hours right now. Don't even bother. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, boy, this isn't going to go well. So I, I, I tell Maddie that, and then she, she says, okay, well, we can go on the Polar Express ride. So we go there. What's the wait? Oh, no. oh, we're sold out for the rest of the week. I'm like, oh, man, I'm really <laughs> failing at being a dad right now, and she's going to cry. This is not going to be. She looks at me. She goes, oh, Santa must just be real busy. That's okay. Let's go get mac and cheese at Joe's. See you later. Ah, oh, see, and aren't the kids the best? Like they're just so resilient, like that too. <laughs> oh my just, god, like, I they, love her. You just explain it away. I was gonna say, I like before you said it, I was gonna guess. I was gonna say she was just like, let's go get ice cream. Yeah, and like ice cream makes everything better. Actually, we and did so, have that after. Yep, we had ice cream for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. So well, was... you know what? From from a, from a dad perspective, you you save the day, and I, like I respect that so much because that's that's a tough situation to be dealt. I'm oh. glad you uh, you figured that out. It was good, man. Well, no, she figured it out for me. I'm lucky to have her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, buddy, always a pleasure. You, your family, have a wonderful Christmas. I hope uh, they're happy with Santa, and we will talk to you sometime after Christmas, all right? All right, sounds good, Murph. All right, that is Okay, thanks a lot, man. That is Chris Forsberg joining us here from ESPN Boston on the stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. We got an open segment. Call us up, 603-883-9900, 603-883-9900. We'll be back in a bit. Uh 